Hi, I'm Nico. And I'm Rushmi. Welcome to the Anything But After Show, where we bring one of our listeners in to talk about this month's episode. In this After Show, we'll be chatting about anything but Alphabet Inc. and Stanford with Alphabet Chairman and 10th Stanford President John Hennessy. Today, we are joined by a listener all the way from Minnesota. So Ryan, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience a little bit about you and why you're here? Yeah, gladly. Uh, I'm Ryan Foglet. I'm a sophomore at the University of Minnesota Twin Cities, studying strategic communications. Um, I've been a fan of the Anything But After show ever since it started. I, so I've been I'm really excited to have the chance to finally be on the show and get to have um, uh, kind of an astute conversation with you guys. Sweet. Well, thank you for joining us again. I was very honored when you just said we're going to have an astute conversation. Uh, that's great. <laughs> Setting up my expectations. No, I appreciate it. Uh, no, gladly. Uh, but as we mentioned just a second ago, we're talking about the after show with John, or about the, the interview with John Hennessy and wondering just right off the bat, if there's anything that stands out to you, whether it's lessons, stories, questions you had, wish that we would have asked anything that stands out. Yeah, I think the, the first thing that kind of stuck out to me as I was listening to the interview was uh, Dr. John Hennessy's mention of nothing's moved as fast as artificial intelligence has in his, you know, 45 plus years in the field. Um, as a college student and as I do some marketing stuff and I use things like ChatGPT, um, I thought it was really interesting to hear that because it just feels so relevant. And I feel like we've seen kind of that really fast paced growth as well. Oh, definitely. What's crazy is Emory, which is where I go to school, we just announced an AI minor, like a brand new minor, like yesterday or like maybe it was like two days ago or something. It was super recent. So you're saying that I was just thinking about that because it has been such a quick turnaround. Like they started an AI initiative like a few, I don't know, like a few months ago and they've already like enacted an entire new field of study for people to commit to at the start of next semester. That is that is crazy. I can't say I've heard of the U of M doing anything like that, but um, but definitely it just kind of like goes to show how fast everything's changing and how fastly we need to be moving to kind of evolve with it. So it's very, very interesting. I'm in a class that's coming to an end now because we're at the end of our quarter, um, but it was called Forecasting for Innovators. And we basically look at different trends and see what's going on, look at history, try to forecast the future. And while we we're talking about mega droughts, not artificial intelligence. Our instructors being forecasters were really fascinated by watching the ongoing rapid deployment of new AI tools. So ChatGPT was all the rage in a bunch of our conversations. <laughs> and it seemed like there was a new version of it every week. So ChatGPT came out. And then you have like Bing's one that came out that was kind of creepy. And then you have Google release theirs. And there was just like this heavy hitter. Every week there was something new. And there were all these niche ones that our professor had brought in to like mention, have you checked this one out, that one out? And it just seemed like everybody was deploying something related to machine learning and AI as soon as chat GPT was making waves. Well, exactly. So really, yeah. Yeah. Especially as it becomes more of um, a mainstream thing like chat GPT kind of has um, everybody jumping on board. I feel like that's kind of similar with how everything's worked in the past with apple you know then we quickly had developments in other um technology companies it's kind of like this pattern that i think we're just going to keep seeing um manifested with the advancements in ai with advancements in any other area of tech i know i'm in um i'm in a digital digital media and culture class and we've covered a lot 
regarding kind of chat GPT, some of the artificial intelligent or machine learning tools like chat GPT, or we touched a little bit on Google's Bard. Um, so it's just, it's very interesting to kind of hear about all the advancements and how quickly they're happening. That's one of those things too, that comes back to the very basic idea of competition breeds innovation, then innovation also breeds competition, right? It's the cycle of more people will try to do cooler things than each other. And in doing so, they do make cooler things, but it just keeps forcing us down the path of innovation, which I think is pretty cool. But bringing it back to what you had opened with, the idea that this is moving so much faster than anything else. That why is a question, but also like, what does it mean for the future of our understanding? I was having a conversation, I think it was lunch yesterday, maybe dinner, about the advancing technology and like deep fakes and being able to spoof voices. Um, That's been all over my For You page. Mine too. too. (laughs) I don't know if you've seen like the videos of President Biden saying things that President Biden definitely did not say. It's so bad. It's like, it's so scary. And they sound so incredibly real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know. I've even What are are your experiences with that? I've seen some ones, some of those, especially the deep fake voices, like, I've seen a lot of just the speaking ones, but I've also seen a lot of like singing ones. So like I've seen a couple lately that are like, it's Harry Styles' cover in quotes. It's not actually him singing. It was like put into some um, some sort of tool that can make the voice sound similar. And it's very interesting and kind of, I don't want to say scary because I don't think that's the right word, but it's definitely like, it makes me feel a little bit cautious, um, yeah. especially just with how like, fast moving it is and because it's so fast moving how unregulated it is it's just very i don't know it's very interesting that's the only word i have for it really i know i've been seeing like i've been seeing some taylor swift ones me too but also <laughs> in like okay glad we're on the same yeah, for you yeah. even in like the peak of like this whole like Haley and selena drama too that's been like taking a huge rage on tiktok there's been so many like ai like created audios of them saying things about one another that were never said but people take them and just run with it and if you were like if you were just kind of like scrolling through like you probably wouldn't even think twice about like you would just hear the voice and be like oh yeah i guess she did say that (laughs) no i've I've heard a couple of those ones you're talking about and it's very much just like i don't i don't even understand until it's like halfway through they say something and i think it's a little bit out of character that i'm like wait this is not real this is in fact like just generated so it's Mm -hmm. um it's kind of scary in theory but it's also really fascinating so Mm -hmm. super fascinating yes i agree that it's a little like unsettling especially because it's the idea of well how now do you determine whether it's real or fake if it's already this good right when it gets so good that we genuinely can't tell if it I say it, it probably is a matter of when, right? When it yeah. gets so good that these yeah. automatically generated voices, videos, pictures, any sort of content is so good that the human just like cannot tell. What does that mean for our understanding of truth, reality? Like how does it rewrite? Well, if you have content platforms that are tailoring, this is what someone I was chatting with the other day was saying. If you have content platforms where they're tailoring your content to you, like they're actively generating new content based on what they know you like, right? Does it become so addicting that you literally never put it down because it never gets old? Does it become the thing where they just are, it's like an echo chamber maximized? Like Twitter is already an echo chamber. 
but is it like they're actively generating content that they know is for you that someone else might not be getting? They might tweak a song a little bit because they know you'll like that tweak a little bit more than the next person. Like, what does this mean for our own realities if we no longer have any form of a universal reality? So that's like quite a deep question. <laughs> it is a very it's something deep that we, we'll explore. But like, <laughs> it's, it's a question that comes up as we look at how fast these things are advancing, like Dr. Hennessy had said. They're moving so fast. It's, we're just kind of blasting through these uncharted waters. We don't necessarily know what we're going to create tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Right? Exactly. It's just like, what is the world now? Well, that's especially like, so I'm a strategic communications major. I do a lot with advertising and public relations. And in my digital advertising theory class, we were talking about um, the, the auto-generated like social media influencers. They're influencers who aren't actual people. They're oh, just no. generated photos, generated captions. And we were kind of talking about- I never thought about that. Yeah. So we were talking about like the ethics within advertising because- some of these fake, if you want to call it that, social media influencers are like promoting products that would really only be apt for a physical human. Uh, and it was, we were kind of discussing the ethics around that a little bit because to what extent is it like misleading because they don't have the same experiences that um, uh, a regular person would have per se. Because they're just not a person. Yeah, because they're, they're not, not a person. Yeah, <laughs> so wow. all of that is just very... Um, it's, it's, and we don't have anything to, to serve as like a guideline for this because we've never had anything this advanced before. And we've seen technology move really fast, but I don't think we've ever seen anything move as fast as AI has. Wow. That's a lot to take in. This is, these I really are like, I haven't the... even thought of those before. Yeah. Like, I just kind of, like, gloss through those types of things. Too. Like, now they've just, like, become, like, I'm like, oh, it's just, like, social media. It's, like, this is, like, what happens. But, like, now it's starting to become integrated as, like, something I just look at in my everyday life. Well, I feel like that's and the thing, too. Like, if you would have asked me a year ago if we were having a conversation about artificial intelligence, like, I would still approach it with, like, almost like a, sci like a science fiction mindset because I just didn't see it as being, like, entirely feasible or entirely real at that point and now within the past couple months like it's all the rage with everything mm -hmm. um so i don't know it's very i feel very cautious in how i'm approaching it but i also i'm like a i'm a huge supporter and advocate for any new advancements so i'm very excited about the developments it's definitely just being mindful of where we are where we're going and what that mm -hmm. all means for everything because we yeah, we were now asking very existential questions. Mm -hmm. of like, well, what does the world even mean? Even just mm -hmm. a year down the line, no less, you know, 40 years from now. Like in the time that Dr. Hennessy has been an expert in this field, a lot of our phones run on the computer architecture that he helped pioneer. Mm -hmm. And like, that's where we are now. Now, if we take his tenure in the field, run it now down to the future, we already have seen what they've made in like hardware. What are we going to make in software in the next half century? If this is the development we're seeing in months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it's is scary. Yeah. To some degree. <laughs> yeah. But it's also really exciting. Like it's this balance, right? It's this human balance. If it's scary, it's exciting. It's like, I don't know what it is. I think it's exciting. But like the biggest part of the rise that has like made me a bit nervous Okay, maybe not nervous, but I'm just like, whoa. The rise of AI. 
the rise of AI in just everyday life, like even chat GPT, the way that it kind of just went from this thing that like students especially were talking about to like literally everyone using it. And then Canvas now working out its own systems to like track chat GPT within like a few months. Like all of these things are just countering one another and like online platforms that I like used to take notes have now integrated AI functions in like a couple months. Like it's just it's now being given to everyone almost like these super power. Like, I don't think people realize how powerful chat GPT is. Like, it's so incredibly powerful. And it's just like free access to everyone can like mm-hmm. to anyone who wants to use it. So it's like interesting that you know, we're having all these developments, but they're also going out to the public more quickly than maybe advancements that we've had in the past. So it's also how will like the public receiving that shape its advancement too. exactly yeah Hmm. wow well we could i'm sure talk about this for days (laughs) weeks months years but we don't have quite that much time with you here today ryan uh is there anything else you're thinking that really stands out to you it doesn't have to be as existential or life questioning (laughs) as ai and what the heck is going on there but anything that you want to make sure we talk about i i was really a big fan of some of the advice that dr hennessy um was giving especially during closer to the end of the segment talking about um well there were a couple of things actually he was kind of when he was talking about the advice he gave to steve jobs about don't talk about your platitudes talk about your journey um i used to be in speech in high school i'm still big i do speech writing sometimes um and i thought that was a big thing too because i guess i feel like sometimes i get so caught up in like the semantics and it needing to be perfectly curated and um and when you do that, you kind of lose that, the real, like, emotional appeal of it, um, mm-hmm. which is why I really like that he had mentioned that. Definitely. I, I got to tell you, too, I was shocked when he dropped the name Steve Jobs. I didn't know he was going <laughs> to talk to us about the advice he gave Steve Jobs. Um, but you're right. It's so it feels like so often we get caught up in the idea of how do we say the right words that we know people want or need to hear rather than how will they find meaning in what is truth to me and what Mm -hmm. my personal experience actually Mm -hmm. is. And there's so many lessons that we can draw out of the lives that we've already had to this point, even though they're not as long as some of the people who might be giving speeches on those stages now. Yeah, exactly. And the, you made the mention, you didn't even know he was going to drop the name Steve Jobs. I thought that was funny because as I was just thinking of that, I was thinking, I hope it was Steve Jobs he mentioned because that just feels very (laughs) like out there it just, I, I don't normally use the name of Steve Jobs in a in a normal conversation that frequently, let alone <laughs> talking about somebody who gave advice to him. So I had to kind of like it was Steve in my Jobs. mind. <laughs> yeah, it was indeed Steve Jobs. Dr. Hennessy, definitely, yeah. It, the best advice he gave someone was was to Steve Jobs. Yeah, yeah. I guess that worked out uh, for the better. <laughs> yeah. No, I think something cool about that moment, too, is it shows the humility of Steve mm-hmm. Jobs in that moment. Right, He turns around, comes down from the podium after addressing thousands of Stanford students and says, how was that? Mm-hmm. Was that okay? Yeah. And all Dr. Hennessy can do is look at Steve Jobs and say, that was perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a small moment, but something that's so human that when you look at these people who I think so often as a society, we put up on pedestals, right? Like mm-hmm. this turning a fruit into a brand that's known by everybody in the world mm-hmm. is something that Steve Jobs is 
you know, heavily responsible for. And because of that, he is in this special layer of the atmosphere where it seems like he's just this big person who's had such a big contribution. Bringing him back down to earth like that, remembering that these notable people are people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's the big thing of what we try to do with our show too. We try to help everybody realize that we know everybody here is just trying to have their, their life, their people. They became notable for something that they did because they loved doing something because something happened or they happened to something. But there's still people in the end. Yeah. And even Steve Jobs needs advice. Yeah. I think it really pulls into um, Dr. Hennessy's mention of what it means to lead through service um, and really kind of showing that humility in your leadership. And I think it goes to show just how powerful and effective he was in that by Steve Jobs himself asking Dr. Hennessy if he did okay, if that was okay. Um, I think it, yeah, it definitely just bring, brings a, like, the, it shows the reality behind these people and yeah, kind of takes them off that pedal scale a little, little bit and shines light on them more as just another person, another human having, you know, maybe some of the same struggles um, as compared to this big grandiose idea that sometimes we kind of have of these people. I think even that small moment of Steve Jobs kind of asking him like, oh, how did I do? I thought that really spoke to Dr. Hennessy's leadership in terms of how he was able to create comfort with the people around him. Like he didn't explicitly say that. Like I am trying to make everyone around me like feel like comfortable with sharing things with me or asking about certain advice. But you could just tell in the way that he described his leadership <laughs> and described his experiences that he was able to kind of create that with the people he was leading. He was able to be a source of comfort and reliability when it came to asking for advice about things, even in examples where he was saying, like, it's kind of harder to lead and to step up when maybe you don't want to, mm -hmm. like, maybe there are difficult things you have to deliver. It seemed like he really was able to still be a face of support and comfort for the people around him. And I thought I learned a lot about his leadership through that, just hearing him speak. It wasn't even something he like maybe even thought about like for himself, but it was just something that you could kind of tell in the way that he spoke that I thought was very insightful. So much of it is just him too. I'm not sure if you could tell from the episode, but he is just a very warm, like enthusiastic guy who's happy to talk about whatever. It seems like he really enjoys life. And mm -hmm. I think just the way that he moves through the world creates this welcoming atmosphere around him that was very clear just from the short conversation that we had with him. I can only imagine when that is how you are too professionally, when you're leading a team, when it's not like the cold, I'm the boss, you're the employee. When it, it, it was very, I could tell from the way he was talking, he is a very collaborative, mm -hmm. open person. Mm -hmm. And that goes so far. Because everything we do is built on relationships. Oh, entirely. Right. I mean, because like, even from talking with him about AI and Alphabet, like things he's very known for, as well as like gardening and relationship advice, like from one end of the spectrum, his energy was exactly the same. He showed the same amount of passion for like his most notable work and for his personal aspects of life too. You could see that throughout our entire interview. So, yeah. Yeah, I could tell just when I was listening to it that he definitely just had a very warm tone and demeanor. And even though he is insanely intelligent, he's on the board for 
Alphabet. He's on the board for other companies like Cisco, which I kind of, which I knew about before because I've um, worked a little bit with the brand Cisco and stuff before. But um, it's just very, he, across the board, he is just, I think the fact that he's such a good leader also just shows in his general conversational or in his conversational tone mm-hmm. and his ability to kind of navigate conversations, regardless of where you're at. You don't have to, you don't have to be at the exact same maybe social status as him to have a very engaging and polite and good conversation with him. And, you know, people like him too. I feel like that could probably be applied to a lot of um, better, well-known people. People. Yeah. yeah. I think too, that's one of those things where so often, like I think in the week, week leading up to the episode and our, our conversation with Dr. Hennessy, everything had just happened with Bard. Mm-hmm. And he was mm-hmm. in the media talking about what happened. And that, so he's, he's doing that simultaneously with just existing mm-hmm. as like his office is across the street from my dorm. And he runs still a scholars program on campus. Like he's doing all of these things and he does them to Rashmi's point, like the same with the same amount of enthusiasm and passion. Mm-hmm. And so much of that, I think, comes back to your. Ryan, what you were saying and that he's just his demeanor in every way, no matter who you are, what you're doing with him, he is there and brings his full self and wants you to as well, Mm -hmm. because that's the kind of leader he is. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's CNBC reaching out asking what's going on with your product or it's a couple of students saying, hey, tell (laughs) us about what it's like to be married to your high school sweetheart. It's just great. And I think too, I mean, he's had a lot of experience building up to it, but it just feels like it comes so natural to him. And I feel like that kind of stems from, you know, when he was talking about his family, like you could tell he loves his family. And I think he just <laughs> kind of, he takes that energy he has for them and he he applies that to other people. Um, and once again, I just feel like I need to keep saying, like he just seems like, like the Steve's job, um example like he is just such a good leader he knows how to lead people through um and he knows how to lead people forward through like tough situations which is kind of like what he was talking about too um especially yeah with that whole the whole thing going on with google bard at the time and that was a little bit of um uh, a contentious point and him still being able to navigate that navigate just things that are entirely unrelated with that same warm and inviting um sense of sense of conversation that he just has himself really goes to show his character. Yeah, I mean, it's very clear he leads by example. Like, I think that's maybe one of the biggest things anyone can take away is he consistently is stepping up and leading by example, whether that be for, like, college students like us that are, like, listening to him talk or Steve Jobs or even his own kids. Like, he was saying how he's appreciated getting to see how his kids are also treating others, treating their own children. Like, he has led by example for so many people in his life to kind of demonstrate what are some good qualities of a leader and just of a person and how to engage with all these different aspects of your life, whether they be super difficult or very like smooth sailing, very fun. And I think that was like, I think that I hope that's something our audience will take away is that like leading by example, like you are leading by example, even if you don't maybe think you are, like other people are probably noticing the ways that you are leading, even if you don't notice them right away. Back to the age-old phrase of actions speak louder than words, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 
that much of it comes down to what you actually do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, phrases are cliches sometimes for a reason. <laughs> they, they might have <laughs> they're used so much for a reason. reason. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes platitudes become platitudes for a reason. <laughs> uh, but okay, let's see. We've covered AI. We've talked about leadership. I feel like we got into so many random things too. Like you'd mentioned, we got into gardening and like what they grow. Um, But is there, are there any questions that you wish we would have asked him? Like, this is one thing Mm. that I always am very conscious of. Like we do our best to be uh, like a doorway for everyone to have a conversation with whoever we're talking with. Yeah. But we miss things. And I'm conscious of that. So like, what do you wish we would have asked? I don't know if there was anything in particular I wish you would have asked. I wish maybe he had gone a little bit more into, especially since, you know, you guys are college students too. Like, I feel like if if there would have been maybe a couple more questions or he just delved more into like his undergraduate experience, like he touched a little bit on it, especially like mm-hmm. how he was saying, you know, when he was an undergrad, there were zero comp sign majors and it wasn't even a thing. Um, but I think it would have been really interesting to kind of hear that from his perspective, especially as I myself, you know, I'm a college student listening to this. Can you believe yeah, that? A... That there weren't comp sci majors? Well, it didn't exist. Like, like, that it was, was nothing. Not that is so unfathomable to me. I know. I feel like... It straight up did not exist. Yeah. 25% of the people I talk to on a daily basis are comp sci majors or somehow involved. <laughs> exactly. So it just like throws me off. And I'm at the U of M, which is not necessarily the biggest comp sci school around and i still feel like it's such mm-hmm. a such a relevant thing so it's very it's almost humorous to hear that like it just sounds so unrealistic but but it was the reality so yeah no i think that's too we didn't ask a whole lot about his undergrad experience i think we talked we focused a lot on relationships leadership and those kinds of lessons but you're right we didn't quite get there in our, our next conversation with him, we'll make sure to ask whatever that day might roll around uh, uh, with the, you know, anything but whatever the thing of the day might be with Dr. John Hennessy part two. Yes. We'll add that one to the list. I'll be on the uh, lookout for that. When it, when it's, when it comes out, I'll make yeah. sure I'll, I'll be on the lookout for that one. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll come back for after show with Ryan part Perfect. two. <laughs> uh, yeah. And we'll, then we can we'll also, we can reevaluate too where AI is at. We can do like oh, a little so, oh, great. check yeah. in and yeah. see. It can be like a little series. <laughs> oh, things will probably be entirely different by then anyways. Yeah. So. Maybe we could do right? like holograms of like each other, like for the episode. Yes. We could like ha- see like the entire person by then. Well, well maybe by then we'll just have even... one of the... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was go ahead, go ahead, maybe go by ahead. then you won't even need to invite him back. Like maybe you can just type into a computer like the prompt of what you want them to talk about and, and there it is <laughs> exactly i was gonna say maybe none of us will actually be here we'll just run an episode that's entirely our ai generated voices it, yeah it's perfect <laughs> that is like that's kind of horrifying if you think about it yeah who knows we'll see uh, honestly yeah you, right? you genuinely yeah. don't know <laughs> rush me i don't know if you knew this but in uh, the platform that we use to edit our episodes right Mm-hmm. there's an option to have it put in words and it will like generate our voice. So to like, so like we could in. basically do oh, what we just said. <laughs> <laughs> I think if we have enough learning data that it, it could, it's only intended to like fill in a couple of words. If 
we misspoke or something. Oh, I've never actually oh. used it, so I don't know how good it is. I, I've just seen the button there. It's like you're talking about how AI is all of a sudden a part of like all yep. taking things now. I've seen the button. I've never pressed it. And I've just been curious. I'm like, okay, what? what we if? should see if we can like put together a little episode and put it out and see if anyone would <laughs> notice. We can just tell Ryan. It can be like our little yeah, secret. Yeah. And we'll put it out. And, and see everyone who's anyone listening can... to this episode. Yeah. I mean, the yeah, three of us and all of our know. listeners. And we'll see if people can figure out what is like our AI episode. Well, we'll bring you guys can bring uh, Dr. Hennessy right back in and get him to evaluate. Oh, true. <laughs> That's we could true. do an after show with yes. him. Yeah, perfect. So we have the an interview with our AI selves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I, like the interview is us with ourselves. <laughs> what if we did an our episode AI. with Chad GPT? We just like brought Chat GPT and it's like funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I think that'd be incredible. Wait, that would actually be kind of interesting to see what would happen. <laughs> okay, we've got ideas. This is great. Ryan, do you have more ideas for these kinds of things? Anyone who you want to see on the show? We always love to throw things out, open it up. We like to think of this as a collective, as a collaborative, rather than just us sitting in our, our rooms talking <laughs> to people. <laughs> it's we have a community here and we like to tap into it as much as we can. Yeah, I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head, but I just really, like I said, I've been a fan of anything, but since it's come out. Uh, so just continuing hearing from from people who maybe you don't necessarily even think of like behind whatever they're known for is just, I, I just love the concept and I know I'm going to keep listening regardless of who it is. So, um, so it's just very, it's very interesting. Aww. So well, thank you. <laughs> I'd like to note that we did not pay Ryan to say that. I know. That was... Anyway. <laughs> no, um, no. There was no endorsement there. That was entirely organic. <laughs> uh, do you have anything that you want to close us out with? Any topics that we didn't get the chance to talk about yet that you want to make sure we do? I think... I, I don't think so. I just... I'm very... Still just kind of blown away at how how... Um, amazing of a leader and how good of a person it just seems Dr. Hennessy is. So I'm I'm very glad I got the chance to have the little debrief about um, him and his segment. So thank you for that. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us again. Yeah, Rush me. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I was like, I was just thinking like, I also didn't know what to expect, to be honest. <laughs> like when we were communicating, like it's primarily through like his assistant. So like, I didn't really know. I was like, okay, we're going to be chatting with like the chairman of Alphabet. Like, <laughs> what is this conversation going to be like? Like, how's it going to go? And I could not have expected to meet such like an energetic, fun person that is willing to talk about basically mm -hmm. anything. Like, I don't really, I, I could never have predicted that I'd be asking the alphabet chairman about his relationship. Like, I feel like that's, but like I going into that conversation, like I didn't know what to expect. And I was kind of blown away, honestly, with how like, fun the conversation was and how smooth it was going just felt like talking with a friend well same energy as like when he was mentioning a student had asked him when he was going around as as president when he was going to all of the freshman dorms and he was like a student asked him boxers or briefs i thought that was a very funny way for him to kind of i don't know if break the ice is the right term for it but it was very much just like oh so he's a lot more casual than you would think a chairman on alphabet inc would be so it was very very cool to hear that right. Yeah, it was a great surprise. What a fun conversation. Like, so that's the thing. We Until they appear in our interview box here, 
we've never like talked to them. So we never know how it's going to go. We just just start. Like, hey. <laughs> yeah. No, so that's why it's always been, it's a fun surprise too mm -hmm. when all of these people are so willing to talk about whatever. It's, and thank you too. Like we had never spoken. Oh yeah, not at all. This moment I know, right this is great. Like, I literally have had such a great time having a conversation with oh, you, Oh, me Ryan. too. Uh, same with you guys talking to Dr. Hennessy. I didn't know what to expect either. And, and I feel I'm very happy to be here and it was incredibly fun, so. Let's okay, so if awesome. you hear Thank that, you everyone yeah. listening, this could be you. You could be could having be a fun combo with us. Come join so us for an after up. show. <laughs> yeah. Anythingbutpod.com. Anythingbutpod.com. Go fill out the form. DM us on Instagram, Twitter, wherever you want. Send us an email. This could be you. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Ryan. This is yeah, great. Thank you all so much for having me. It was nice meeting you. Head over to anythingbutpod.com to learn how you can join us for an after show. Anything But was created by Rushmere Ranger and Nicholas Leapins, produced by Iman Rahman, with original music by Caleb Liu.